finishing up my like routine for the day you know what i mean hell yeah hell yeah that's what's up so you're getting that work in i bro i've been lazy for so long that i've just like trying to get back to like you know meditating working out doing all that shit keep that good shit up bro that shit that shit makes a big difference for real it really does are you still are you back in the city or are you still out on the water no i'm back in the city now Oh, how long were you out there? I don't, I don't like, what, were you on a lake? Were you working on the ocean? I was on a river, a big ass river though, like the size of a lake, you know, like yeah. it's called the French, it's called the French rivers. It's a massive river system. But yeah, I was out there. I was out there for like six and a half months in 2020. And then I was out there for like three and a half, 2021. Mm-hmm. And then but I've been going back and forth for like eight years, you know, just, just fishing, just going out there fishing with my pots and shit. And then they, uh, when the pandemic hit, kind of slowed shit down out here for the music, for like traveling. So they offered me a job. I was like, fuck it, why not, you know? Yeah. Well, I grew up like in the woods on the water. So there is something like serene about it, but it's so different than the city life. Like, it's the best. It's the best. That's the best life out there, bro. Nah, bro. I was looking at your stories and shit, and I was really like, damn, that looks like the life. Cause you can just like, relax you don't have to always be in the fucking constant your mind's just going hell yeah bro especially like if that's what you're used to with this entertainment business shit you know it's a it's a grind you know so to get away and just kind of you know i was like in isolation for like six and a half months you know just like me and like three other people that i work with and then i was like driving the boat i was like a taxi driver with a boat you know yeah driving back and forth picking up guests and shit like that so it was cool, bro. Got to go fishing every day, and it was dope, bro. Did you get along with the three dudes you were working with? Yeah, the one guy that gave me the job, that's, like, the guy that would pick us up for, like, the eight years I was going in advance. My guy, Keith. That's, like, my big brother, you know, my bush, my Bushman brother. So, yeah, we got along, man. And my other guy, Clayton. Hell, yeah, we got along, bro. We got, I mean, <clears throat> if you're... If you're, if you're with six and a half months with anybody, you know? Yeah. So, you ever seen the movie The Lighthouse? Nah, somebody just told me to watch that shit, like, recently, though. It reminds me of what you were talking about. It's about these two dudes just, like, stuck on an island, and they start going crazy and, like, start seeing shit. Nah, I didn't see nothing, but I, <laughs> I mean, you know, out in the bush, you see some wild shit, though. You know, it goes down out there, bro. It, go, it definitely goes down out there. You said you had been going out there for eight years, so you didn't go there, like, as a kid and stuff. That was just later in life? Yeah, yeah. In my maybe, like, uh, I'm going to be 33 next month. Uh, So I probably was going, like, since I was, like, 25, something like that. With your dad? With my dad, yeah. Oh, that's dope. That's really nice to, like, have those things later in life, like, I don't know, as my like parents get older, I'm like, oh, damn, I really do have to start spending time with them and really like, creating these memories. Real talk, man. And my dad's like a Bushman Supreme, you know, so I learned a lot. I learned a lot from him out there. But you grew up in the city in Toronto? I grew up just outside the city, a spot called Brampton. But okay. I mean, I live in the city now. Were you making music when you were out on the wall on the river? No, nah, I was completely de- detached. I had to go. 
I had to like stand in the corner of the room with my phone up in the air just to get service and shit, you know? Real. Did you like that lifestyle though? Oh man, I'm gonna move out there. I'm gonna, I'm buying some property out there soon. So yeah, I'm moving out there full time. How did it feel coming back with like, was your creativity, was it hard to like find the pace again? Or were you like brimming with, oh, I need to get out there? Bro, before I went, I was burnt out. So it was like refresh, you know? Took yeah. me, I had to take a little bit of rust off, you know? Find a, find a, find a stride again. But no, nah, I was, by the time I came back, I was ready. I was ready to be back. That burnout's real though. It's real, bro. We we was putting in a lot of work, a lot of hours in the studio, a lot of traveling before before COVID shut shit down. So, you know, I was it started to feel like a job, you know. Luckily, I'm able to do this shit full time. So it really was a job, you know, like a real career. And I mean, yo, this shit isn't like a nine to five. It's like a like a 12 to 12, you know, it's 24 so, seven, like 24 seven, bro. I can't even enjoy like a day off because when you're enjoying a day off in the back of your head, you're thinking about like all the shit you have to do. Yeah. Your phone is always ringing and yeah, somebody needs something, you know, but that's why I like, that's why I've been going back to the gym, like running and stuff is because when you're just out doing something completely else, it just allows you to relax because that burnout, it makes you not even enjoy the thing that you love to do, like your passion in life. Yeah, man, that's a big fact, bro. I mean, and out there I was working, you know, so it was hard work out there for sure. But, you know, it was a lot of fun, man. It was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life was to go out there. You keep your shit on the wraps when you're out there? Like, do you tell people who you are? Like, do they know? Yeah, they know. They know. They know. Everybody calls me Danielson out there. And yeah, bro. I pull up to the marina and it's like, yeah, you know, kind of like this. Yeah, they know what I do. Every yeah. time I pull up, they'd be like, yo, how's the music going and shit? So, yeah, man. They know That's the vibe. Cool. You want to move out there, though? Yeah, I'm going to move out there. Yeah. You think you like. I guess now COVID did show that you can really make music anywhere. Like you can do what you want. Like you don't have to be like in the major hub. Facts. I mean, for traveling and shit, that's a little bit out the way. They got an airport out there somewhere, but uh, yeah, you can do you can do this shit anywhere, bro. You gotta you gotta be tapped in. You gotta be kind of tapped in, but it's only like a four hour drive from the city, you know. So when I move out there, it'll be nothing to just drive back. Yeah. What was your, like, did you have a routine out there? Like, what was your? Well, in, in the in my first year I was out there, I worked at two different spots. Same owner. They kind of got, like, the river monopoly. Like, they got a monopoly out there. They own a bunch of lodges and shit. So my first year was kind of just, I mean, bro, we was waking up. Every day we're waking up hungover, you know? That's a Bushman life out there, yo. Those French Canadians, they those motherfuckers know how to drink out there. <laughs> Are you a partier? Nah, not heavy, you know? Like, yeah. get it then once in a while and shit. Like, yo, I had to cut back on the on the juice and all that shit, you know, get back in the gym and, you know, getting older, you know, so you got to take care of, take care of self. But um, in 2021, when I was there last year, I had to, like, get up early, make sure I was getting up at, like, five, make sure the coffee was ready for everybody and shit. 
because I was a rookie on one spot. The first time I was in 2020, I was a rookie out there. And then the spot I went to the next year, I was a rookie all over again, you know? Yeah. So I'd let rookie duties, you know, make sure the coffee's ready for everybody. Me and the chef, the 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 second spot I went to called Chaudière Lodge. It's like a, a like a five star resort out there. The place I was at before is like some rustic, like hunt hunting foot fisherman camp, you know? Yeah. So I, I got cool with the chef, and um, I was like, "Yo, bro, like, let me know what you need. What I, anything I can help you?" And he's like, "Yo, you, all the leftover food they put it in like a slop bucket." So I get out, take the fucking slot bucket around the corner. You have to, like, blow the whistle a couple times, make sure that there's no bears and shit. And uh, your automatic the fucking turkey vultures would be in the trees waiting for me. They knew that I was coming to drop off all the leftover food from the day before, so go dump the food and shit. You know, but it was cool, bro. It was a little bit of a boat ride, so I'd, I'd fish on my way over there, fish on my way back, and that was, like, it, man. That was the routine. How did it feel going from like you said this it was full time pre COVID to you like being a rookie? Was it nice or was it kind of like a yo? They che- I got treated like a rookie out there, you know. Especially like people that lived on the river their whole life. Cause my dude Keith was is like the life of the party out there. So a lot of people would pull up and party with him. I'd have to wake up at six in the morning. These guys would be going crazy. In the we lived in like a little fucking three man cabin basically small bro like a little bushman cabin we called it the penthouse and um so those guys would be partying every fucking night i'd be trying to get my sleep and shit but yeah there's you know i got treated like a rookie bro i got a couple you know sometimes you gotta stand up for yourself a little bit so yeah oh hold on i'm getting a phone call Oh. My bad, my bad. No problem. I pressed the wrong button. Oh, oh. Good. oh wait, I think your phone might be locked. There we go. There we go. Perfect. My fault. My fault. No problem. But yeah, um, yeah, I got treated like a rookie out there, bro. There's a there was like one time this one cat, he's like a legend out there. He was uh every time I would say something, he'd be like, Oh, shut up, rookie, you know. Yeah, this is your first year out here. Shut up, rookie. So me and him got into a little confrontation and we ended up being best friends after that. But yeah, it goes down out there, bro. You know, you got to got to you got to eat what you kill out there type of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny because you talk about it like you're like, damn, I loved it. I kept going back. But you were like, yeah, I was a you were saying before, like you were full time before COVID. And then to like go to the bottom of the rung, like not a lot of people would do that, but you kind of need that sometimes for your ego. 
Yeah, that shit'll, that shit'll humble you out there, bro. You get humbled, man. Especially, I mean, me, uh, I grew up, I grew up playing sports and shit. I didn't grow up like uh, working with like power tools and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So out there, you need to know those kind of handyman skills. So yo, I learned a lot out there, man. Those guys took me under the wing and they showed me, showed me the ropes. And but yeah, very humbling, bro. A lot of learning, a lot of learning experiences. You fuck with any psychedelics? Back in the days, yeah, bro. Hell yeah. You never did them out there? Out on nah, the uh, somebody gave me some mushrooms once out there, but they were kind of weak. They they hit for like 10 minutes and then, yeah, so nah, I never 10 did 10 minutes, that's weak as hell, yeah. Super weak, bro, super <laughs> weak. And they were gassing and they're like, yo, these shits are going to fuck you up. So I took like two grams and I felt them coming. I felt the, I felt the wave for a second and then I was ready to like embrace the wave. I was like out there fishing and shit. It hit for like ten minutes and then it went away. So I was like, "All right." I was kind of happy about it. What is it? What is it about fishing? Like I, I used to do it as a kid, but like there is something very like meditative about it. Yeah, hell yeah, bro. And I mean, um, I fish like I like bass fishing and shit. But out there, like we got a lot of pike, walleye, muskie, and um, I fish like a tournament fisher. You know, I fish with lures. I don't fish with like live bait and shit. You know, so. I don't know I, the I'm, difference. I don't know nothing about. <laughs> so, like, if you're fishing with live bait, you're just dropping the bait down and you're just sitting there waiting, you know? Where me, I make, like, a thousand casts. Like, casts, mm. bring it back, work the bait and shit. So it's more so, active. Active, super active. I can't. So for, for walleye, which is, like, the main attraction out there, like, all the Americans that pull up out there, they're all trying to catch walleye because that's the best taste in freshwater fish. So a lot of people are trying to catch fish to eat them me i'm just trying to catch big fish you know for the for the sport so like my friend like my guys that i live with they would go out there catching walleye and the guests would be like yo we can't catch no walleye like could you get us some walleye so i'd go out with them and you're literally just sitting there just jigging like a minnow or a worm and that shit is mad boring you know and you're fishing deep. Me, I'm like a shallow fisherman. I like to fish like uh, lily pads and shit like that, like a fake frog. You know, you fit, you fish the frog over the lily pads. The fish come up and crush it. You know, it's yeah. That shit is mad fun, bro. The way that I fish is fun. The way that that they fish is boring, but. You, oh, see, so when I think about fishing, I'm like, oh, you just sit there, and you nah. drink a beer, you meditate, you're just chilling. You're, you, a, you're like, it's like a sport. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when when you're done, fit when I'm done fishing, bro, I'm sore and tired and shit. You know, it's like a workout. What's the biggest fish you ever caught? I caught a muskie one time. It was 40 inches, probably like 20, 25 pounds. They get way bigger than that, though. They get to like 40, 50 pounds out there. Yeah, my dad, my dad's caught a couple giants like fifty three inches, like four and a half feet long. You know, you never did like a deep sea fishing. Nah, I never did that before. I've never been saltwater fishing before. My mom, my mom lives in Florida, like three quarters of the year, half of the year, and um, but she's got mad ponds in the backyard with like huge largemouth bass. You know, like ten pounders and shit. I caught a ten pound largemouth, but. I never been deep sea fishing, even though she's close to the ocean, the Fort Myers, she's close to the beach. But uh you ever I never heard did of that. Place Cape Cod. I heard of Cape Cod. That's out by you, right? Yeah, so that's where I'm originally from. Like that's where I was born. And then like that's when you go out, they'll like take you on a boat out into the ocean. And you I mean yeah. 
you can go and see the fishing boats come in every morning and just drop off the fucking the buckets of these massive wh- whether it be dogfish or whatever it is yeah yeah uh i know you guys got striped bass out there like big striped bass yeah striper they call them stripers yeah they do yeah would yeah you do it professionally get... like you said you tournament would you do like would you fish like in tournaments i've fished a couple tournaments before i would fish yo i would fish professionally for sure i'd rather do that than music bro hell yeah really <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro. That's the life, bro. That's the life. I see some of these cats, like, because I was, like, the, the, the fucking taxi driver, right? So I'll go pick up the guests. These guys will come through with, like, their $80,000 bass boats and shit. They'd be like, yo, Danielson, I just fished the... T- I've been on a tournament run. I was like, yo, you guys are living the life, man. That's... Nah, I would definitely do that. I would definitely do that. Costs a lot of money, though. What does your future hold? Are you pushing more music or do you actually do want to start like doing tournaments and fishing professionally? I mean, yo, I would love to. I don't know. I don't think I could ever get into it like for you. If you're a tournament fisherman, you've been doing it like I've been doing music. You know, I've been doing music since I was like 12, you know, so you need like a good 20 years. You know, those tournament fishermen are on a different level, bro. Understanding, you know, so. I'm like part time with shit. So, do you think I'm, everyone has to pick that one thing? I I have a a grander point to this, but I think you I think like you need like a trade, you know? Like I look at the music shit or look, I look at the shit that I do as like a trade, like an electrician or something, you know? Something that I've literally been doing since I was 11, 12 years old, recording my own shit. So like if you're like an electrician that's been doing it for 20 years, you're going to be like a master electrician type of thing. You're going to master your trade or like a fucking black belt. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, you got your main thing and then you got other other things that you do that, you know, you develop the skills that but I feel like you do need that one main skill, like your main trade, you know, that you can pull up anywhere and you got your hours, your hours are put in, you got hours in the bank, you know? Yeah, well, the reason I say that is I feel I don't know if you probably know people like this that have a lot of ideas and want to do a lot of things, but then they don't focus on that one thing. Right. Like and so they're spread thin. They don't put that. Fo- and it's not like like even for me, it's like I know I'm not the best like podcaster, but I know that I put in work and I'm going to be like a work trumps talent in the end. Do you know what I mean? Like Yo, I, I put agree. the hours in and that is, I get what you mean, the trade, but you Bro, do. Putting, to, what were you saying? Putting the hours in is a skill in itself, you know? Yeah. Like that, having that focus and like that attention to detail and that just waking up and being motivated to do the same shit over and over, you know, keep sharpening the same blade over and over, you know, that's a skill in itself. A lot of people don't have that, ability to maintain you know when the like yo when the when shit gets tough motherfuckers will break you know be yeah. able to just keep doing it day after day after day what my man bruce lee say like i fear the man who's trained one kick a thousand times not the man who's trained a thousand kicks once you know mm, i like that yeah yeah and it's you have to, sorry, I have the loudest neighbors. <laughs> they, they like yell. I just heard them yelling down there. <laughs> Yo, they were flying the because I guess it's Labor Day weekend. They were just flying the fucking fighter jets over the city, bro. So I'm glad that they stopped. I woke up. I thought it was a plane crashing into my <laughs> building. 
<laughs> but they're flying the fucking fighter jets over the city, but they stop. Yeah, I have these two, this old couple that live, and then we'll get back into the serious talk. But I have this old couple that lives below me, and they just scream the wildest shit at each other <laughs> all the time. Like, bro, no lie. Like, probably a couple days ago, she was like, my last boyfriend hit me, and I loved him way more than you. And these are oh. like 65-year-old people, bro. They're like... They've been through some... That's they need. They need a movie, yo. They, they yo, need a I movie. need to get them on the podcast. I'll go. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. I want to hear that shit. There. I want to hear yeah. their life story. <laughs> All right, but back to the serious talk. Do you think, like, with that thing, the trade? Do you think, like, do you think you found music, or do you think music found you? It found me for sure, and I think that it has to be like that. Like, you have to be. I mean, not that I'm. You know, I'm just a regular dude, bro. I'm just a regular dude. But this shit definitely chose me, bro. Just timing location my my people that i came up with and just everything that's transpired over my life with like, over my career it's been about it's always been about timing that's the thing like with this shit that we do this lane that we do i got in at the right time you know i've kind of been doing this shit for a little bit now for a while i'm seeing a lot of people and the game is kind of starting to get oversaturated a little bit and for a, if I were to try and break into this lane now, it would be way harder, especially to make money. You know, I got in at the right time when not everybody was doing this shit, especially with the vinyl and all that. You know, I got in at the right time. So that was all about timing. Now the vinyl game is a little bit oversaturated. Everyone's trying to do vinyl. Everybody's just trying to make money right now. And me, I was always just, I was just making music no matter what. If I wasn't making no bread, I'd still be making music. Even if nobody listened. I went years making music. Nobody even heard the shit. I would just listen to my shit, you know? Yeah. Me and my friends, we would just get together on the weekends and drink and fucking make, and make music, you know? Drink, smoke, make music. So it was all about timing. But yeah, this, def this shit definitely chose me, you know? Definitely but chose me. Isn't that the Bruce Lee uh, quote? Because it's like... You do it not because you want to. You do it because you have to. Because you have this, like, voice in the back of your head. And that's the hours. It's like, shit, I wish I could take a break. But I can't, really. Like, it's like I have this driving force behind me that I can't stop. That's how you know you're going places, bro. That's how you know you're going places. If A lot of people don't have that. So, you got it. And, you know, yo, you're doing your thing. I've been, I've been, hearing, I've been hearing about the podcast for a minute now, you know? So keep up the good work, bro. You're going places. If you got that, you got that voice in the back of your head, that's a special voice. Not, not a lot of people have that shit. Do you think everyone has that voice for something specific and they just haven't found it yet? Or do you think some people have it and some people don't? I mean, some people have it and they just either they don't listen to it. They don't know. Some people don't know how to listen to it. You know, so and then there's a lot of whatless people Like there's a lot of people that are moving around with no purpose, you know, so maybe they missed the timing. Maybe they had the voice back in the days. They don't got it no more. You know, now they got them. Yeah. They got a voice telling them to do some other some bullshit, you know. Yeah. So every I mean, yo, everybody's good at something, whether you know it or not. Some people go their whole life not knowing what they were good at. You know, they're just they're just out here chasing ghosts. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, I think everybody, everybody who's born with a purpose, 
people go their whole lives and never find that shit though. And so so many people do whatever they can not to listen to that voice. Like that's I mean, why I need to get back in the gym is I was like getting drunk. I mean, I still smoke heavy. Like I was fucking sm- I, I'm a big stoner, but like I was drinking and then I just would like wake up and not want to do anything in the morning. And that's like, damn, why am I doing this? It's like taking away from what I actually want to work on. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I actually just quit smoking like a couple of months ago. I used to smoke heavy too, but I quit smoking. I just quit smoking trees, started smoking cigarettes like a fucking idiot, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll talk. Why'd you quit smoking weed? And <laughs> yo, when I went to the bush, I went to the bush with like a QP or like some super fire, right? And I'm like, this shit's gonna last me the whole whole time in the bush, right? <laughs> That's famous then, last words right there. <laughs> you know? And then I get out there, and everybody's like, all the guests are like, yo, you know where I can find some weed? And I was like, oh, well. No, what do you know? Well, I know a little bit. I know a little something about that. So, yo, my shit lasted for like a month. You know, I ended up selling it all. I didn't even fucking smoke it. And so, I'm, yo, bro, we're out on the we're out on the river fishing. I'm in one boat. I'm in my little boat, and my dude, my dudes are are in their boat, and we're like in a secluded part of the river, bro. Like that river's mad treacherous. A lot of people smash their boats up. People drown in that river every every year. There's mad hazards. There's rocks under the water that you won't see because it's like a foot under the water. And you hit that shit going full speed with your boat, it'll put a hole in your boat. It'll rip the motor off. That, that river is mad treacherous. It'll go from 50 feet deep to two feet deep in like five feet. You know what I mean? So you got to know where which side of the river to be on and you have to crisscross sometimes and shit, you know? So... Like, a lot of people, they don't go to the parts of the river that I go to. Because, like I was saying, I've been going out there for eight years. And then the six and a half months I was out there on the lower part of the French, um, I really got to study the river, you know? And that, yo, that in the in the springtime, in, like, the wet season, the river be up. But, like, as the months go down, the river comes down, you know? So some places you could go to in the spring, you can't go to in the summer or the fall time. Because the water's, the water's low. And like, yo, you know that, like, yo, the, the motherfucking water police be chasing motherfuckers. And those water police, they don't know the river like that because they got a mad different rivers they got to be on. So, yo, I heard stories like, yo, water police get behind you. You go behind, you go through here, you lose them in the cut, you know, stay on the left side. If they're on the middle or the right, they'll beach the boat, you know? Yeah. So we're in a secluded part of the river that nobody ever comes down there. I see this boat come flying down. Comes beside my friend's boat. I'm like over there. I don't like fishing beside other people. I like having my space. I just see the man toss two garbage bags in the boat and peel off. So I don't say nothing. Wait, get back. I was like, yo, bro, what the fuck was that? Yo, my man opens a bag. It's a, two bags full of bushweed. Bushweed, bro. <laughs> like fucking sticks and stems and all that shit. He's like, oh, it's 70s weed. Yeah. Yo, straight up garbage weed, bro. You would never want to smoke that shit. Support for Bucked Up is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Let me say, they sent me the precision package, and uh, life is so much better with aerodynamic balls. It includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. 
Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code BUCKEDUP at manscaped.com. That's right, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code BUCKEDUP at manscaped.com. Uh, their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000 watt LED spotlight that you need for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on your bathroom floor. Get 20% off and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com when you use code BUCKEDUP. Again, that's 20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use code BUCKEDUP. Let's get back into it. And uh, he's like, oh, this is my haul from the grow up or whatever. Because, yo, mad people be growing weed out there and shit. And, yo, that's what we were smoking for, like, because I had no more weed left. So my dude Clayton would roll these fucking cannon spliffs, smoking straight bush weed. So then I, co I come back to the city. Now, actually, one of my dudes who would make runs for me up there, he came and brought me some, like, quadruple quad shit called broccoli. Bro. I smoked that shit. It gave me like a fucking panic attack, bro. Because <laughs> you had been smoking bunk for so long. Yeah. I was smoking garbage and I finally got some super fire and I was like, yo, what the fuck? Felt like I couldn't breathe and shit. So, uh, yo, that's why I stopped smoking weed because my tolerance went way down. And then I came back to the city. I started smoking and it started just making me uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. I tried to fight it too. I tried to fight it. I'd be like, nah, nah, nah. Like, I'm good. You know, keep smoking. And I'd just be like, nah, I'm, this shit's fucking me up. So, yeah, quit smoking. But me, I've been smoking weed since I was, like, 18. I got into smoking weed late because I was playing sports and shit. I got into and, smoking uh, weed late, but that was because I was a loser. <laughs> I mean, yo, everybody's got their reasons, you know? <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, I like I like smoking, you know? So, I was like, fuck it, bro. I got to smoke something. So, started smoking cigarettes because I didn't get high, you know? But now I'm about to quit off the cigarettes, too. The cig, yeah. See, like, I just smoke weed, but I'm like, I love smoking. So I'm like four years clean of all tobacco. But it's like, Gene, damn, I, smoke, I smoke weed like cigarettes. And that's like, damn, I'm buying an exotic or more a week to smoke because I'm smoking them like cigarettes. And yeah, yeah. Like, all right. Maybe I should take a little bit of a break. I'm actually saving money by smoking cigarettes, bro. <laughs> I, it, what is we is is weed weed's legal in canada but is it good like is it cheap is it i mean weed is definitely good bro i know you guys out there heard about bc bud and shit like that yeah about, that was always the shit like back in the days when we was like doing our little thing trying to make our little money and shit cats would always be like yo i got bc bud i got bc my weed came from bc so you'd be like the, yo, fuck reading up with that motherfucker. This motherfucker over here say he got BC weed, you know? So that was the shit back in the days. But no, nah, the weed out here is amazing. No, I've never been to Cali before. I always heard, I mean, You've Cali, never but, been to Cali? No, nah, I've never been to Cali yet. That's I was supposed wild. to go, the pandemic shut that down. I was supposed to go right before the pandemic. I went to call I went to Denver, though. I went to Denver, bro. Actually... I'm going to tell you, uh, yo, I had the worst Denver experience ever, bro. I did some fucking mushrooms out there with this girl. I went out there to go work with this producer. 
And and then I had this chick that I've been talking to. So she was like, yo, fuck an Airbnb, just stay at my spot. I was like, all right, cool. Pull up. She's like, the, the Whalers, Bob Marley's band, the Whalers. She's yeah. like, they're in town. She's like, yo, let's eat these mushrooms and go, go to the Whalers concert. I was like, hell yeah, that's what's up. And back then, I mean, yo, I've done like acid a couple of times. I've been eating shrooms. I was like, a, I'm like a shaman, you know? I didn't fear nothing back then, <laughs> you know? Bro, I eat these fucking mushrooms. Right away, I don't feel right. But I'm trying to play. I'm trying to thug it out, you know? So we get in the Airbnb. She's like, oh, it's like a 30-minute car ride. Right when we get in the car, the man pulls like a quick U-turn, like a fast U-turn, like some Tokyo Drift shit. And it fucked my whole shit up. <laughs> but I'm like there trying to thug it, you know? I'm like, I could feel myself getting sick, bro. Like the shrooms are turning on me, you know? Yeah. And I should have just been like, yo, fuck it, let's go home. But me, being an idiot, I wait till we get outside the venue. And she looks at me, she's like, yo, you don't look so good. I was like, nah, we got to go back. So, boom, 30-minute car ride back. I'm fucking dying in the backseat, sweating, pale. Bro, I run inside the crib, start Wait, so you're feeling sick. You're not, like, having, like, a bad mental trip. No, I'm having, like, a physically bad trip. Like, the mushrooms, like, poisoned my stomach or some shit, you know? Yeah. Something. Because she was was good. She was having, like, the time of her life. I felt bad because, like, I'm, like, negatively impacting her trip, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Bro, and this is a girl I'm meeting for the first time. We just chopped it up on IG. Doing mushrooms seems wild. (laughs) The girl for the first time, bro. Bro, I get into the crib. I'm throwing up. I'm fucking crazy shrooms, shitting down the whole fucking bathroom and shit. I'm putting the shower on so that I'm like trying to hide it and shit. (laughs) Yo, bro, I was in that bathroom for like two hours, fucking dying. I was lucky. Lucky the girl's a nurse, cause she's like, Oh. oh, she's like, oh, don't worry, I've seen wild shit before. So yeah. Terrible. But, yo, the trees out in Denver were fucking crazy. But I feel like it goes like Cali. I mean, anything on the West Coast, you know, because BC is right out there on the West Coast. Well, see, Maine, like Maine has really good weed. Why is that? Is there for a particular reason or it's just... That's where it's all grown. Like, that was... I'm pretty sure that was the first... One of the first legal... I mean, not Colorado, but it was one of the first legal states. Like, Maine has always had the good weed because it's, like, in the woods and it it just travels down the east coast okay okay that's what's yeah. up bro i could never take mushrooms with a girl on the first day uh, yo weed's Bad too idea. strong now that i don't like i've smoked with girls like i've been like yo let's meet up and then they've gotten too high off like one puff and then it's like damn like i should have just not smoked with you like don't lie and say you smoke like i do bro back i remember back in like high school or like when i first started smoking It'd be the same shit. Girls would come through smoke. Their eyes would get all red. And then yeah. you'd be and you'd be like, yo, this girl's smoking. Like, this girl's hot. And then her eyes would get all red. And then you're high. And you're like, yo, this girl isn't that hot no more, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been there before, too. You ever see any of that crazy shit on the river other than the bags getting thrown out? Like, you ever see any, like, wild shit happen? Nah, I heard, the, I heard some crazy stories, though, but I mean, I see, you see some any crazy bears or shit. shit. You see, like, I, me and Future Wave one time. I do Future Wave, biggest producer in the game right now. Yeah, shout um, out Future Wave. Shout out my bro Future Wave. That it was project just you just put out was great with uh thirty six. Oh man, hell yeah! Shout out my dude thirty six. The tape they did before that, Hell Sweet Home. That's one of my favorites. I mean, Future Wave got the tape coming out with Boldy James. He got tape coming out with Ito. 
You got a lot of shit. He did shit with Riggs, Aldovino, all the homies. Shout out Boldy, but shout out Ito. Ito is such a good dude. I love Ito, man. Me and Ito got a project we're working on right now. Shout out Rock City Mark. Ito is just my favorite rapper, period. Yeah. He's one of the, he's the first person to back in the SoundCloud days, like 2014, 2015, Ito reached out to me and we started working. So Ito was like one of the dudes that I could really say, like, help push my career in the right direction. You know, I got nothing but love and respect for Ito, man. We, we and, got some shit we're working on. And what they're and, doing in front row, Regal, him and Rock City, Mark, like, shout out them. Yeah, yeah. Rock, shout out Rock City Mark. He's involved in the project we're doing. And yeah, shout out Rock City Mark, man. Yeah, he was one um, of the first people to like believe in the podcast and help me make it like a reality. So shout out him. That's what's up, man. Good dude. Good dude. A lot of those Rochester dudes, good dude, man. Rochester, yeah. a rough, rough, rough city, but a lot of good people out there, you know? I just met the Cloth for the first time. And oh, those good. guys are my favorite. Those Amazing, guys are my Amazing, bro. I just got to host Supply and Demand, and they performed, and it was crazy. Like All those guys, man. Riggs, Mooch, Rob Gates, Mav. I mean, yo, Ito's my favorite rapper. Rob Gates is my second favorite rapper, bro. All I've been listening to lately is Rob Gates. I mean, yo, I went... I got mad Rochester stories, too. I got attacked by a pit bull out in Rochester on Labor Day week, probably like three years ago to the date. It was after when I did Supply and Demand, the first one. Oh, yeah. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bazaar, we was coming back to Toronto, and we stopped in Rochester because Rochester's only like three and a half hours from here. And we shot a video called More Grabba, Me, Riggs, and Rob Gates. And it was Labor Day, bro. There was like 60 dudes on the block. I'm like the only white dude out there. Um, and my dude, mercenary video man, there was like these pit bulls. We're like in front of like some trap, some trap house, and the pit bulls were tied to the tree guarding it. And mercenary's like, "Yo, squat in front of the pit bull." He's like, "Yo, find out how far the leash could go, and then give yourself some room, but like squat down in front of the pit bull, and we'll do it in slow mo and look crazy." And bro, I squat down. Next thing I know, I look, the pit bull's right beside me off the leash broke. And bro, the fucking pit bull tried to bite me in my face. I had to matrix that shit. I was hitting it with like Barry Sanders shakes. I actually did some damage to the pit bull. I got lucky, bro. I don't know how I did it. You were bit. swinging on it? You were fucking. Yo, it would jump up at me and I'd get out the way and I'd get under the pit bull and throw it, launch it into the air. Like two, three times. I swear to God. Yo, you swear to God. True story. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Om with Emily. Emily is a meditation and yoga teacher, as well as an astrology and tarot reader. She uses yoga and spirituality to help others reconnect with their true self. She offers in-person and virtual one-on-one sessions for all experience levels. Find her online at omwithemily.com. That's O-M dash w-i-t-h dash e-m-i-l-y dot com or on ig at om dot with dot emily dm her on ig and mention bucked up and she'll send you a free guided meditation that's right mention bucked up and she'll send you a free guided meditation you can find her on ig at om dot with dot emily let's get back into it and uh Couple times, and then the owner got came out and got the, got the pit bull under discipline. And uh, yo, right before that, one of the homies he had like big fucking three fifty seven. He's like, yo, Danielson, any of these dogs got off the leash? I'm shooting them. And like, 
five minutes later, the fucking dog is attacking me. So I'm thinking like, yo, this motherfucker's gonna shoot me. I'm gonna get shot trying to deal with the dog. And yo, bro, shout out to Rochester, bro. So then the one homie comes up. He's like, yo, Daniel son, I like the way you handle yourself. He's like, yo, you got your East Side Learners permit today. I was like, all right, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> and so then, yo, we keep shooting the video. It's just me, Rob Gates. Rob Gates had the last verse, so it started to get dark. And uh, we start, we finished the video, and Rob Gates is like, all right, yo, I'm out of here. Bro. Peace, peace. Bro, I turn around, and the man was gone already, like Batman. The man just disappeared, bro. A smoke bomb got dropped. Yo, he was just like, yo, I hailed him up. Held the next man up. I go back to be like, "Yo, Rob Gates," and then he's gone. I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" And it's just me, my dude, mercenary, and my dude, swerve. And like, I'm I'm a white dude, mercenary's Spanish dude. We're the only we're the only non melanated cats on the block. And yo, there's like sixty dudes on the block. We got like fucking ten thousand dollars of fucking video equipment and shit. I was like, "Yo, yo, guys, it's time to go, bro. Like, it's time to go, bro." So. Like, uh, bro, I've count. You've you've talked to me long enough that you understand what it's like when I'm in those situations. It's Hell like yeah, the funniest shit. Yeah, I've been I've been in those situations all my life, so it's like, you know, but you never, it's never a comfortable feel. You're comfy, but you're not comfy. You know, no. there's always an element of danger. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I'm a comedian, so I'm also like always worried I'm going to say the wrong thing and piss some people off because I just like, but I'm big. I'm six, four, like 260. So I'm a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like five, eight, like 175. You know, I ain't nothing nothing to fear out here. Wait. So what happened with you and Future Wave out on the water? Oh, we was coming back from um, I got like a spot out there where I did the I have a project called a Bush Doctor. And the cover is me on this rock. It's like my rock, bro. I call it Sonzarelli rock. And um, yeah, that looked like a photo from like the 1800s. I love that cover. Looks sick, bro. right? Yeah. Hell yeah. And um, so we're coming back from there, and I see this log, big ass log. We get closer, and I like see like paddles at the end of the log. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? That ain't no fucking log. Big ass fucking bear swimming across the river right in front of us, bro. I told Future Wave, I was like, yo, we could live 100 more years. We'll never see no shit like that again, bro. Bears swam across the river. I mean, mad fucking bald eagles. I had a pet fox for like five months. I would really? feed the- you had a pet? How did you get a pet fox? Yo, there was a fox out there that uh, I earned the fox's trust. I would feed it. I would go fishing and I'd come back and feed it the fish. And the fox would it, like, had come fucked. up to you? Would it like... At first, like... Well, first, the the big homie Keith had it, like, he would, like, feed it, like, hot dogs and shit, you know? But I started pulling up with the premium fish. And she had pups. That sushi grade, yeah. Real sushi, bro. So I earned her trust, you know, and then she would follow me around. Eventually, she would just follow me around everywhere, you know? And, uh, yeah, bro, that was, like, that was my dog. And uh, she ended up dying. The pup, the pups, the pups weren't, the pups weren't trusting. The pups didn't trust nothing, you know. She would pull up, and you'd see the pop, the pups out in the distance. Mm. You give her the fish, she would go take it to the pups, come back, you know. So she ended up dying. I don't know what happened. A lot of things out there kill a fox, you know. Yeah. So uh, she ended up dying. I never seen her again. And then every year, like I would call, I talk to those guys all the time. I'd be like, "Yo, the fox is back," and they're like, "Nah." They're like, yo, the fox. It's like once you left, the foxes were gone, you know. So I brought, I brought the foxes too. 
that's crazy. Like that blows my mind. You don't like you think of pets as like a whole different. Like they're not like a wild animal. Like you th- don't think of them like animals, but you really just like found a pet and made it your like. That shit found me too. It's like the rat. You know that shit found me. Yeah. You know? So she, I did. I would. You couldn't like. Pet what was her name? Me. Did you name her? My boss had already named her Lucy. Her name was Lucy. Yo, you would just call. Yo, I would wake up in the morning and she would be outside my apartment, just ch- just sleeping outside the apartment, waiting. I would fucking walk everywhere, up and down. It was a big 16-acre island that we lived on. And she would follow me everywhere, bro. Follow me everywhere. That was that was like my road dog. And, um, yo, one of the coolest experiences of my life, bro. Coolest experiences of my life. I, I never tried to pet her or nothing. You know, I respected, but I respected her space. Because, yo, them things got big-ass teeth. And, yeah. like, in the summer summertime when the fishing gets tough, sometimes, like, I'd go fishing. I wouldn't catch no fish. I come back and we would just give her like chicken and like chicken bones and shit. And yo, the way that they would crunch through the chicken bones, like that shit would take your finger right off, bro. Turn your finger to like mashed potatoes, you know? So I never, I respected the space. I didn't try and, didn't try and pet her or nothing like that. But hell yeah, bro. It that's, goes down out there though. The that's craziest- the thing about the nature. When you're in nature, like that's, you realize you're not in charge. Like the universe is in charge. Facts, bro. I almost drowned out there. I tried I tried to go swimming. I'm not the best swimmer, but I was like, I'm like, yo, I'm going to test myself. So there's like an island. We are, we're on one island. There's another island, maybe like 100 yards, maybe like a football field away. And uh, I'm like, yo, I'm going to swim over to that island. Bro, I got halfway, started gassing out. And I was like, bro, I'm not in control right now. So I had to like go on my back, start floating and shit, get my wind back, swim a little bit, float, breathe. I got to the island finally, like dead tired, bro. I had to whistle for my guy, bring the boat, come pick me up. But yeah, out there is no fucking joke, bro. You, you got to respect it out there. You got to respect your surroundings and otherwise you'll find yourself in bad trouble. Uh, as the... Uh, this. As the world gets more like technologically advanced, we forget. I think that's why we forget that energy is a real thing or like the energy of the universe or the energy of the outdoors. And we think we're in control because we create like laptops and computers and medicine. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like an iPhone isn't going to help you out there. Like, oh, no, it's like you can't we created get... a bubble that we live in and then we're not safe outside of it. You can't even get service out there, bro. We had to do a couple rescue missions. We had to do a couple rescue missions. And um, I guess these people had, like, found a location, found service, and they pinged us the location. But then I guess the, the boat kept drifting. So we went to the location we got pinged at and um, searching all around the islands and shit, don't find nobody. My guy Keith is like, yo, these guys are goners, bro. And then we ended up fucking going down a little bit, like another 10 minutes, and we found him over there. But we were like, yo, that just shows you. You might have service for a split second out there. And then you give the location, and then your boat keeps, you know? So, yeah, you don't even get service out there. Technology is, I mean, if you have, like, a satellite GPS, you're all right. Because, like, the boats and shit, you'll have, like, GPS on, like, the garments and shit. Yeah. That shit will help you out. 
tech tech uh technology could help you out there but it also becomes obsolete in certain situations would you ever go camping like by yourself for like a week like up at like solo hell yeah hell yeah for sure i'm good out there bro i'm not good but i'm good you know you're never you're never fully good but especially in that area i know that area like the back of my hand now you know are I you know good with your thoughts like are you good solo like are you good like being out there for six for like the six months i did six and a half I got good. I got good being by myself. You know, I was like in isolation like those because the guys I was with were like 50 years old, you know, and they would be yeah. doing their own thing. They'd be getting drunk like middle of the day and shit. And uh, I'd be like, yo, I'm going fishing, bro. I don't want to drink because I want to go fishing after work and shit. So, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time by myself out there, bro. And that shit like make that shit make you mentally tough. Yeah, I like I spent a year of my life studying meditation because I was so like bad with my thoughts. And even now I try to do it because like people don't realize spend like a day like, like by yourself. Most people can't do that. Like most people. I don't know. Like we have headphones like music. Fuck like music's great. But music also can take you away from like your thoughts if you're always listening to music, not just like sitting yeah. and being sitting in the just sitting in the in the middle of nowhere bro where you're literally like if something bad goes down there's nobody coming to, to help you you know yeah and all you're just hearing is like the wind and the trees and the, and the water moving and you're hearing the birds and shit that shit's the most peaceful shit ever bro that's that's peaceful bro if you can find if you can be at peace with your by yourself that's like Something that you have to work. It won't just happen. You got to work on that shit, you know? And then you're really, truly in the moment, you know? You're not thinking about stresses of life. You're just there, like, soaking it in, you know? Just like, yo, this is it's beautiful out here. Did you, know, you you're not hear music no when you were out there? I, I mean, I would listen to, like, when I was out there, I got on Johnny Cash. They put me on Johnny Cash. And, like, shit like that, Neil Young and classic rock and shit like that you know i always liked that i always liked like psychedelic rock and shit like that but like i found a new appreciate like i associate that type of music with being out in the bush you know so when i hear that shit it brings back it brings back good memories you know yeah but i mean the did you miss creating oh did i miss no not at all no because i like i said i was burnt out yeah so I was like, this is exactly what I needed. You know, I was out there working out every day, eating good. I put on like 20 pounds when I was out there, you know, because we had like a, a huge industrial kitchen with mad like restaurant fridges and shit. So like when we would be smoking our bushweed at like one in the morning, me and my dude would be like, yo, let's go raid the fridge. You know, we'd go make like sandwiches and shit. Yeah, bro. So. Was it a shock coming back, like a culture shock? No, uh, maybe a little bit, you know, because then you got to, because it's a culture shock out there. You know, those people are a different type of people than city folk. You know, they think they think that city folk are soft, you know? They'd be like, yo, Daniel, son, you're soft. You're from the city, you know? So it was kind of just like getting used to being around large groups of people again, you know? I, at first, I was a little bit uncomfortable because I had some shit go down before I left and uh, it kind of made me uncomfortable being around large groups of people, especially people that I don't know. And I, mean, I don't uh, mean to pry, but I, I listened to the uh, shout out Mike power. Are you talking about the club thing? 
Yeah, I don't even like talking about that shit no more. That shit. No, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> that no, shit, I will... Mike, Mike Powers got me in trouble with with the way that he fucking made that the headline. We talked about it for like five minutes, and he made that shit the whole headline. People didn't like that shit. Oh, uh, no, but I, I can understand why that would fuck with your with your head and crowds and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it made me a little bit paranoid and shit. And uh, even now, like, I don't. Uh, I used to be a guy that would stay out, stay out late. I would stay late at places. Like my people would leave, and I would stay. You know, yeah. So I switched up my whole, I switched up my whole movements. You know, because of that other shit too. But um, yeah, I don't really like being in large groups of people no more. I like being to myself. Being in the bush made me just be like, yo, you don't need, you don't need all the luxuries that we think we need. You know, if you see where I was living, I was living, bro. My room, I could like do like a backflip and hit one side of the room to the next. You know, like it was small, bro. The bathroom was small. Can you do Everything... a backflip? Yeah, I could bust a clean ass backflip. <laughs> you said that like it was something I was like, damn, I can't I they used to call me credit card. <laughs> if you if you ever if you ever get Al Duvino on a podcast, ask him about my backflips, bro. I'm Daniel Sun I'm not Daniel Sun for real, bro. I can hold it down, man. But you were living in like, yeah, small, very small, like very zero luxury. Like, yo, the uh, my bed was like on an angle. I had to put every couple of weeks, I'd have to put another block of wood under my bed to try and level it. You know what I mean? Because I don't yeah. know what it was. I think they were saying like the heat make would make like the the lumber expand and shit. And so my bed was never ever level. You know, shit like that, bro. Like the washroom, you get, you'd get like 30 seconds of hot water, you know? And my dude, would, my one guy, Clayton, would always get to the shower first and take like a 15 minute shower and there would be no hot water for the rest Dude, of the day. So, bro, I just started saying, fuck it, bro. I just, I would just go jump in the river first and just get freezing cold and then go into the shower, you know? Because so, then the shower water felt like hot water. You know, yeah. you're, so, you're already freezing cold. You think they are tougher out there than in the city? In in different ways, in different ways. Cause I, they'd be like, "Yo, Daniel, so you're soft. You're from the city." I'd be like, "Yo, I'll take you to the city, bro. Put you in some situations where you're gonna wish you were back in the bush, bro." Yeah. So there, there, it's two different worlds. Can't even be compared. You know, can't even be compared. It's two different worlds, which is why I feel blessed, you know, because it added a level of versatility to my life, you know, it made me versatile. That's beautiful that you can be in both and that you feel yourself in both. I feel like I could thrive in both, you know, I thrive. I, th I was thriving out there. I'm out here doing my thing. And, but really what it really taught me was like, yo, we don't need the luxuries that we thought we had. Like yeah. we don't need the luxuries that we think we need, you know, like, so many situations, cast will be like, oh, I'll go to somebody's crib and they'll be like, oh, yo, sorry, the, the fucking toilet doesn't work or some shit. I'll be like, yo, fam, I'm, I'm from the bush, bro. You didn't give a fuck about that shit, yeah. bro? Like, so many situations. They'll be like, oh, yo, sorry, da da da, the hot water doesn't work. I'm like, you don't know about me, fam. I'm from the bush, bro. But That's I my also new think people are scared to make themselves uncomfortable putting not even just that, but putting themselves in situations that they've never been in before, no matter what it is. Yeah. That's natural. That's natural. Yo, I swear to God, I was nervous going up there. I was nervous, bro. 
took me a little bit to get used to it, you know, because I'm dealing with two wild hooligans, you know, raging alcoholics, you know, so. But wouldn't you think from an outsider, people would think you're dealing with like wild people are like. Yo, a lot of people. So the three years before that, everybody that went up, like I went up to be the rookie quit halfway through or didn't even didn't even get to halfway. And there was days I wanted to quit, bro. There was days I wanted to go home. So, I mean, yo, there was a lot of fights. I got into, I got into more fights out there than I got into, like, five years in the city, you know? So, there was a lot of situations that made me say, fuck this shit, I want to go home. But my dad is, like, a legend out there. And I never, I always came back to them being like, yo, your son, your son is soft. He quit, you know? So I never wanted to bring like shame on the family name, you know? Yeah. So I stuck it out and every time you want to quit but you don't, that shit levels your mind up one one level up, you know? Yeah. When you really really feel like quitting, you know? Every you and then you find that you have a thousand reasons why you want to quit. And people will be like, "Oh shit, bro, like, yo, you're right. You're right for leaving. You have legit reasons why you want to leave." When you find that one reason to stay, that shit'll, that shit'll put another layer of armor on your mind, you know. Because to simplify it down to the easiest like crumb of knowledge that you can, it's you either do or you don't. Are you the person who makes it through, or are you the person who doesn't? And that's yeah. that's life. Like, are you 100. gonna be the person who follows your shit, or are you gonna be the person who, when you're like eighty, is like, damn, I wish I lived differently, bro. Couldn't have, couldn't have said it better myself, man. That's big facts, bro. There's, Did you push really away the, What were you saying? There's like, like you said, it just boils down to two different people. You either do or you don't, you know? Yeah. We're, we're the ones that do, you know? And try to be the ones that do. Because you can learn from quitting. I mean, they'll tell you, like, if you quit once, you're always a quitter. I don't believe that because you'll learn the feeling of quit, you know? And then you'll be like, yo, I never want to feel this feeling ever again. I'm never going to quit ever again. You know? Yeah, bro. And that's why when you take those breaks of not doing anything, you have that thing in your mind that's like, nope, I still have to get back on it. Yeah. You have to know failure to know success. Like, Yes, sir. Did you push away the Bush lifestyle like when you were younger? Because you said you didn't go out there until like eight years ago. Were you like not wanting to before that? When I was when I was young, young, because like my dad, my dad and his family are from like out in the bush. But like in uh, like Manitoba and Saskatchewan and shit, like in the prairies, you know, my dad's like a farm, like a farmer grew up on a farm and shit. So I used to go out there for like family reunions and shit. I wasn't really that close with his side of the family because they lived so far away. But yeah. like I would go out fishing and shit when I was little. I have like pictures of me with fish and shit when I was little. But then as I got older and got like more into music and just like kicking it with, with the homies outside and shit. The first time that we went out there, I hated it, bro. When I was like 25, 24, 25, whatever, I had just came off a tour. And I was ready to quit rap. I quit rap, like, I quit music, like, three or four times in my life. But I was ready to quit rap. And then I went out there, fucking hated it. And then was, like, oh, it took me a weekend to, like, quit rap and then start rap all over again. So I was like, yo, fuck this. What, am I, what else am I going to do, you know? I can't be out here, like, fucking living like no Bushman and shit. So 
Then it wasn't until the next year that I came back. Same situation. I just came off a tour and I went out to the, I went out to, and I, I had a great time on the tour. I was loving it. Went out fishing, caught my first big fish. And then that shit made me want to quit rap. I did quit rap after that. I like grew like a beard and shit. All my <laughs> friends thought I was going crazy and shit. All, they're like, yo, look, I, like, look, I had, cause I always had the recording equipment at my spot. So everybody would come to my spot and I would record them and shit. And I just like wouldn't answer my phone no more, you know? I would be out fishing, you know? So Cass was like, yo, Danielson went crazy. All this guy does is go fishing now. He doesn't rap no more. So the first time I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And then it wasn't until I caught like my first big fish and I was like, oh, how do I do this again? You know? Cause that's such a fleeting moment. It's such mm -hmm. a fleeting moment, you know? It's like, Yo, it's the most fleeting moment ever, bro. You're, you're, you're in the moment until you're not in the moment no more. You're not in control. You might have a big fish and the fish gets off the line. And then you're like, fuck, like, I hope I come across another big fish. There's no guarantees, though, you know? So I went on super nerd shit, bro. I started studying fish behavior and shit environment, different types of vegetation and shit. But you didn't think you were going to be able to do both the music and the, the bush lifestyle. Nah, I didn't. <clears throat> Not until I went out there for like the six in 2020. And then I was like, yo, this is the life for me. You know, especially as I started to get older, because like I'm going to be 33 and I don't want to be like one of these like 40 year old dudes still rapping, you know, not that I have. I mean, yo, shout out to all the dudes that's 40, whatever, rapping and shit. That's just not for me. You know, especially the shit that I be my what? subject, my subject matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But you really you want to you want to be done with music in seven years? Oh, before that, within the next couple of years, I'm going to fully transition out of it and like transition into like just being off the grid, just being up, just being wow. out of here. Just because I mean, I feel like I would always. I would always like tour and shit like that, do shows and shit. So I feel like the shit that I, I mean, some of my earliest shit, like Remo Gaji, one of like my first tapes, every time I go to shows, <clears throat> people are always telling me, yo, I want I want to hear more shit from Remo. And so I feel like that shit will, for my little fan base that I have and shit, that shit won't, won't die, you know? So I could be like 40, whatever, like fucking Rolling Stones, you know? out there doing my little shit in like a little 200 person venue and shit rocking out and i would always do that because i have fun doing that but i do i wouldn't want to actively be making like new music you know what i mean because it's like i'm gonna fuck the fighter jets uh just the shit that we be talking about man the shit that we be talking about is isn't good you know talking about like bad shit that we went through and shit like that you know so I don't want to be living like I'm not living like that. I'm transitioning out of living like that. I mean, but and you don't think you would want to rap about the, your new life? Nah, nah. I mean, sometimes I'll be throwing in some bars and shit like that. You know, I'll be throwing it in there a little bit. But like, I couldn't make like a, if I'm out there living full time, I wouldn't be wanting to make music. bro. I'd be like out there living the life, you know, yeah. I would bring my shit with me. Cause my studio is portable, you know. That's like the blood. That's like the lovely thing of technology these days, you know. Motherfucker yeah. have like a fifteen thousand dollar, twenty thousand dollar setup, and it's portable, you know. Just bring it anywhere, you know. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that does sound like a bomb. It sounds like you're in Ukraine right now. Hold on, I'm about to, <laughs> yeah. fucking, I'm about to shut the door. <laughs> That shit woke me up, bro. I thought a plane was Yeah, dude, I think there would be like a bomb alarm going off. That shit was wild. Yo, they started running that shit at like nine in the morning, bro. I woke up like, yo, what the fuck? I thought oh, a plane was crashing no. into my building. <laughs> yeah, hell no. These but motherfuckers guess... took like a one. They, what time is it? They took like their lunch break and now they're back at it, man. <laughs> so I guess that makes sense. You're 20 years in music right now. And you feel like like you were talking about like being an electrician. If you're 20 years an electrician, you've mastered it. You're ready for your next step. You're ready to master the next chapter of your life. And I'm, re- I I'm, re- that. I'm ready. I'm ready. I still got some years left because I still got a lot of work to do. You know? Yeah. Still got a lot of work to do. Like um, a lot of the artists that I worked with early, like I was blessed. Like I said, like uh, this sh- I didn't choose this shit. This shit chose me. Like I got to work with a lot of these artists when we weren't on shit. You know, like I got to see a lot. I got to see these cats really from their beginning to where they're at now. A lot of these cats have blown the fuck up, like Rome Streets. And I mean, yo, Rome was always on shit, but when we first linked years and years and years and years ago. I got to see him from then to like being like the biggest artist in the game, you know, yeah. and still be such a good dude. Like, the uh, best. like the, the kind of, yeah, the best bro. And him and future wave are really, are really tight, you know, cause you know, rappers, rappers will have a, like, uh, rappers will have like a level where they're on, but I feel like producers and rap. Cause I mean, you at the end of the day, we're still like competing against each other, you know, even though that's my dude and I don't ever feel in competition with anybody, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. There's like that little bit of static there where it's like, yo, we, we, we still out here doing our thing, you know, but we're it can trying be to be the barring instead of a fight. It's like, we're doing it to make each other better. Cause like, you have to have, you have to look at other people to compare yourself. Yeah. Hell yeah. Level up. You'll hear some shit. I'll hear some Rome street shit. Like, Cause him and Future Wave are working on some new shit. I'll hear it and I'll be like, "That'll that'll be the shit that'll make me want to get back in the lab," you know? Yeah. Or like the tape that he did with that Future Wave did with Mooch, Boss Ops. Yeah, I remember that tape being mad at Future Wave, like, "Yo, bro, I need beats like this," you know? So it's like, it's like inspiration, you know? It's inspiration, because. Yeah. A lot of the cats I fuck with are, are, are dope as fuck. They're like my favorite rappers. That's know? a Those beautiful way to put it. I like that. Because when I see someone do what I do better, I don't get mad. I get inspired. Like, I don't get mad that I'm not. I mean, I might get mad that I'm not as good as he is in that moment. But it's like, I just want to do better. It's not going to make me go the other way. It gives you it gives you some. It, it gives you like le- there's levels to the shit, you know, so yeah. it's like. If you didn't see the other levels, you would you wouldn't know how to level up. Exactly. You know? It lets you know that there's room for growth. You know? Yeah. Cause Rome, yeah. I, I, I mean, yo, Rome, Rome, it's game over for Rome. Rome is final boss now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of people won't ever reach that level, you know? And yo. But he doesn't even see it like that. Or like if I, I yo, he still got he looks at it like yo, there's more levels for him to go. I was you know talking I mean? to Benny and Benny tries to like 
I want to put this properly. Like Benny still looks at it like he's at the bottom and there's people at the top. And that's like, I think that's what we were talking about before. You either have that or you don't. Exactly. Like you can't get comfy for too long, you know? So yeah, bro. Every time, I mean, it's, it's, it's real shit. Every time you reach a new level, you become the rookie again almost, you know? Because you get to that new level and you got to, and then you get yeah. to that level and there's, you just look up and there's, 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 it's a never ending game. It's a never ending journey, you know? And even the people at the top aren't happy because they want to top themselves. Like, pause on that. But, <laughs> <laughs> yo, in Toronto, we say, bun that, bun that, bun it up, yo, bun it up. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, it's real facts, though. It's real facts. And, um, I was fortunate to work with a lot of these cats. And then see kind of their journey, you know? But see, so, you're very humble because you don't know the amount of people who you probably do, but who just love your shit or who hit me up, like, wanting me to talk. Like, I love your shit, but, like, the amount of people who are really support you and what you do. It's a blessing, man. It's a blessing, bro. I never I never take that shit for granted, you know? Especially, like, coming from uh, from Canada, from Toronto. I feel like we kind of got to work like twice as hard, you know? So it is what it is, though. It is like me. I know myself. I know that there's a lot of work to be done. And in these next couple of years, I want to get that work done. You know, COVID kind of threw a COVID kind of put like gave me a couple more years, you know, an excuse for a couple more years because it kind of slowed, the, especially traveling. Like I've never been to Europe yet, you know, so I oh, you've get never been to Europe. No, I'm going. I got a show there uh, January 20th, though, in Lyon, France. Congrats, man. That's dope as hell. Thank you. Thank you. That's actually, awesome. uh, I did this one tape called Season 7 with these producers and DJs out there, Low Cut and uh, DJ Duke. And he passed away during, I'm not sure what the cause was, but he passed away during the pandemic. God bless him, dead. And so I'm going out there to do like a tribute. It's, uh, I'm part of the tribute show for him. Cause I'm like, his, I'm like his last project. Oh, wow. You know, so I'm going out there to do the tribute show. And then I'm going to put a couple shows around that, you know, try to get to Germany. And there's so many great artists in that. Like I love Sonny Jim or even just DJs like shout out Matt Vinyl, Matt Vinyl Hunter. Uh, oh, hell he... yeah. Shout out Vinyl Hunter. He's the man, bro. He is. The I man. told him we did uh, not to put our business out there, but we did some cassettes and he wanted to send me some bread. And I was like, no, nah, don't send me no bread. Keep the bread. But I just need you to DJ my sets when I'm out there. You know? So when I get out there, I, I want Vinyl Hunter to be, uh, uh, you know, to be the oh, DJ. Oh, that would be amazing. I, I, yeah, there needs to be video of that. Damn. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I want to go, like, to, to the spot where he's always doing the lives and shit. Yeah. Because he's sick with it, bro. He's and yo, honestly, yeah, one of my... I don't I don't like talking about my future plans and shit because people be biting my ideas all the time. But yo, I'm a sick DJ too. I'm gonna Are stop you? rapping and start DJing. Cause yo, the first time I did that shit, I did a I did a show in New York. I rented out the basement in Delancey, the downstairs, and I just promoted it as a pop-up shop. I didn't promote that I was performing, but I had Al Davino and SD Nack performing. <sighs> And it was just a pop-up for me to just sell some merch and shit, vinyl and shit. And everyone's like, yo, you're going to perform? You're going to perform? I was like, yeah, you know, maybe, whatever. And, yo, I ended up DJing their set off a laptop. 
<laughs> and yo, I had so much fun doing that shit. And I was like, yo, this is way easier than rapping, you know? Yeah. Way easier and way more fun, you know? Because leading up to shows is kind of stressful. That's how I knew. <clears throat> that's how I knew Rome was a different animal. There was one time he was supposed to do some. We were outside of SOBs and there was like 500 people outside waiting to get in. And I pull up, I see Rome. And I was like, yo, damn, bro, there's a lot of people here, bro. You nervous? And he's like, nah, bro, I'm about to kill that shit. And I was like, I was nervous for him. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. and, I had, and I had a show the next day at Delancey where there was going to be like 70 people. And I was already nervous about that shit. Yeah. I was like, yo, this cat's different, bro. Like, I get nervous before shows. He really is. A, to be able to, I was able to go on the East, at least the East Coast dates with Griselda, uh, like travel with them, do the dates. And to see Rome and people like rap his lyrics at those shows, like the oh, road, man. like when he does the 90, the uh, 96, 90 wind break and shit, yo, yeah. the people go crazy. Yeah. I love to you see ever that do shit. Boston? You ever do any Boston shows? Yo, the pandemic, three days before I was supposed to fly to Boston, I think Massachusetts was, like, the first person to, like, declare state of an emergency. Yeah, like they the shut down state. quick, yeah. So three days before my flight, we got canceled. So Damn. I was supposed to do Boston. Me, Riggs, uh, RLX. Yo, so many dope rappers from Massachusetts. Shout out RLX. Dope as hell. Amazing. Hell yeah. yeah. RLX, Primo Profit. I mean, of course, SD Knack. SD Knack to this day is like the illest rapper on stage that I've ever seen. Him, Rome, Ito. There's a lot. Crime. Crime is yeah. super nice on stage. Uh, a lot of cats that, like, either I would open up for or, like, I would be headlining. And either before or after. Like, a lot of times, I would, like, I would go on right before crime, right? So I would get off stage and I would just jump off the stage and then turn around and I'd be in the front row. <laughs> and I'd just, you know, I'd, then I'd be like a fan, you know? Yeah. And I'd be like, yo, these motherfuckers are killing this shit. You know? But Knack is, Knack is, uh, Knack is another special, special, special artist, special, special dude, man. Cool yeah, I was dude. very lucky to be able to go out to Lynn and interview him, like, in his home city. That was... Shout out to Lynn. Uh... Hit, what's my man there? Hidden character? Yeah, hidden character. Yeah. Fucking dope, bro. Oh, yo. And you know uh, Kip, the artist, Kip the Fog? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I was just with him last night. He actually just gifted me a painting. He's done a tie of his Conway painting right up top, right there. Oh, hell yeah. But, nah, um, he's super dope. He's super amazing. Dope. Yeah. What's but, my other guy's name? I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. But, yo, all the tragic allies. Shout out to tragic allies. All those cats. A lot kind of, of Grubby Paws, amazing producer. Yup. Yup. Actually, I think I linked with Grubby out here. Maybe I can't maybe it was somebody else. I had a buck uh Buckwild joint. I got some oh. shit with Buck in the tuck in the stash. Oh he uh, I hate to announce people coming on before they are, but Buckwild's coming on soon. Shout out to Buck, man. Buck is a homie. First time I think it was the first time he ever been to Canada. He came out here. He had like a QA, him and Lord Finesse. So I pulled up for that. And then we went to the studio the next two days in a row. And shout out to Buck, man. Good dude. Real legend. Real legend. Man. The stories that he told told us in the studio are crazy. <laughs> He's, yo, Buck is the real deal. 
The story's your. I can't wait to hear your book when you're older about living. <laughs> your, I am. I am life, bro. I am gonna write a book, bro. It's gonna be like two chapters, like music stories, and then the Bush stories. You know, yeah. some crazy stories, bro. And that's really great. I mean, it's. I'm so happy that like it's so cool to hear that you're able to. You were able to mesh the two, and like. Yeah, it's. Like I said, it added a layer of versatility to my life, you know? And it probably made you such a a, a, a bigger, a more evolved person. Yeah, it kind of uh, makes you a different, it makes you like a, a different kind of man, you know? Yeah. Like a real I'm man. Really, yeah, a real man. You know how to handle both situations. Made me more of a man, you know? Made me yeah. more of a man. So I'm very grateful for my opportunities out there, but I should change my life. The easiest way I could put it is that should change my life, you know, change the trajectory of my life. And uh, it gave me hope for the future, you know, because there's a lot of times where I'm like, yo, like knowing that I don't want to be rapping forever. I'm like, yo, what am I going to do? You know? Yeah. So I know what I'm going to do now. Man, thank you so much for coming on. This was a insp- inspirational ass conversation. Hell yeah, bro. What? what how long have we been running for already? We did like an hour 15, hour 20 already. No doubt. That shit went by in a, in a flash, bro. Yeah, in a flash, man. This was dope. And I, I hope we can meet each other in person. I want to see you perform sometime. Mandatory, bro. Mandatory. I'm working on some. I'm always <laughs> out in Rochester. If you're ever out in Rochester, hopefully we can meet out there. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, the, the spot I used to go do shows out there, the Buddha Pub, that shit shut down. Yeah, Buddha Pub is the most. But you haven't been to Exotic Roots yet. No, no, I'm gonna go out there soon and link with Ito because we're working on a project and go link with Rock City Mark and. Uh, oh, let me know when you're out there, and I'm supposed I'm supposed to link up with Rock City Mark. I was supposed to go out last week, but. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro! No, I'll let you know. We'll we'll, we'll all go out there and link, and uh, yeah, it'll be a good time, man. Man, but uh, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Hey, bro! Keep up the great work, man. You. You do this shit effortlessly, you know? You got you got a gift with this shit, so keep up the good work. I appreciate you having me on. And yeah, man, keep doing big things, bro. Send me all the promotional work, whatever I can do to promote it. You oh, know, send me all of that. I will. I'll let it'll probably be a week or two uh, to edit and put together. But man, thank you so much for your time. Bye, bro. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. All right, peace, bro. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah